seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 161 of Color of Magic, your Magic Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Taquan Watson, and for 161 episodes, my main man, Brian Allen, still by my side, making a way down there in Texas. How's it going, man? <laughs> it's like the Jeffersons or earlier good time, which I guess actually is probably not that far from the truth, but yeah. Yeah, these We are days. making a way. <laughs> man it's rough it's rough but i'm glad y'all are doing okay it's still actually like i said got cold up here so actually we get bright sunny daylight when we do get daylight it just happens to be cold but the, i will tell you a weird thing is when it gets cold here it's not like it is cold down there like i don't know if it's because it's just damper in the air and it does something but like for real when it's like because you know in texas once it gets below 40 it's just miserable like right. wind and gross and it, and it sucks but, like, here, I've gone out when there's been snow. Like, the first time it snowed, dude, I got bundled up. I mean, I had, like, double shirts, jacket, you know, the puffy coat, the gloves, scarf, hat. I was ready to go. And then I'm outside, and I'm like. I do that when it gets about 60, because I've been <laughs> Louisiana, been in the south my whole life. So. But, dude, I'm telling you, like, I, even after being outside, like, 10 minutes, I was like, this isn't even that bad. And I started taking off some layers where I'm like, this is so strange. I'm walking around on snow, but it's just not that like biting bitter cold it's very different i don't know how to describe it and i'm somebody who hates the cold so like it's very weird i like it just doesn't it's, it's mentally process. black people and the cold yeah i just it just doesn't process right for me they're like i'm so used to once the temperature drops it's just miserable outside but it's just not it's weird man but yeah it's started to get cold already but not that bad it's still tolerable up here but man we have a lot of stuff to cover this episode. Some even kind of related to the news that's going on lately. So this will be a fun episode. But before we get into all that, got to talk about our sponsor, the people who love us over at cardsphere.com. Be sure to pay them some love. They have a really cool website. You can go and buy and sell stuff over there. And it's very different than you've seen elsewhere. It's a cool place where when you go on, you can literally buy stuff at the price you want. Like you can name your price if you don't want to overpay for something or maybe you're willing to wait on a thing. All types of deals to be had over there. So go check them out over at cardsphere.com. And then we have some other stuff we get to give away because if you follow us over at patreon.com slash color magic, you get to be part of our monthly giveaways. And this week's, actually this month's winner are Wesley Ingers and the obligatory SQL. So y'all be having some package that'll hit the mail. I got to be honest, though, they're not going to hit the mail till probably Monday because uh, I'm going to be really busy with a lot of stuff over the next couple of days. So they will go out, but you probably won't see them till the end of next week. So just keep an eye on your mailboxes for those. And if you want to support the show, go ahead and get yourself some stuff over at colorofmtg.com slash shop. We can get some tokens and play mats, which people have really enjoyed those. So you should check them out. At least go take a look at them and decide if you want to buy some. But now... That brings us to uh, some pretty serious stuff, because we have a lot of serious topics to talk about this week. And this first one, I don't know, like, this is one of those topics where, like, I, I really want to go in on stuff, but I'm also going to try to, like, 
measure my my words a little bit. <laughs> but there have been like we know already, right? There, there's a lot of racist comments that pop up whenever you're on somebody's YouTube videos or somebody's having you on their podcast or sharing your stuff on on their social feeds or whatever. It happens. We know that's a thing. But the thing that bothers me the most, one of the things that bothers me is when people want to attack somebody for basically being woke or political because they had, in our case, a black person on their show. Or How dare they? Yeah, or highlight a black person in, in their conversations. Or say like, oh, here's a person you should follow, or this person's expertise you should listen to. And it's like, why is somebody's background automatically political? Like, that says more about you than the person. Like, you haven't even heard a thought from me yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't even know. I think you're going to say something black, and I don't like it. Yeah. You know, this, these are the same people like, ah, you got to be careful about mentioning Snoop Dogg so you don't come off too urban or whatever, right? Like, come on. We know what you're saying. And, and it's just frustrating because some people are trying to just do a good thing. And say, like, hey, I understand how stuff works and how people won't know about different folks. I'm trying to just highlight some people you may not have seen before or some people that you won't in any way, shape or form have come across because they are different than you. And this is all the more reason you should see this person or know about them. But that the person is so ignorant and so in their own silo or bubble or whatever you want to call it. To where, like, oh, you're putting people on that are different now. I, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Now you're just being woke like everybody else or whatever. Which, by the way, people are using the term woke all every which wrong way to begin with. But it's one of those things where, you know, using myself. I, I tell myself, tell people, like, I'm, I'm almost a unicorn in the game industry. In the sense, especially the tabletop game industry. In the sense that I've run a retail business with games. I've run after school and city programs based around games. I've done stuff with colleges. I have worked for a manufacturer of games. I have worked for an online seller of games. I have helped create and make games. I have run my own conventions for games, right? Like, and I can go down the list. Like, I'm one of the few people, I wouldn't be surprised if there's less than five, to be honest, that have a similar resume. I get it if somebody goes like, man, I need somebody who knows about this and this. They might know a couple of people and I'm one of them. So them bringing me on has nothing to do with politics. It's literally they found somebody who can help add to the discussion that they're trying to have with some level of expertise. And if the idiots would shut up for a minute and at least just listen to the stuff, they might learn something. But instead, the first thing they can do is go in and just like, oh, of course, now you're one of these people trying to blah, blah. Like, what? Like, somebody's background does not automatically make something political. Whether we're talking about gaming or content or magic or just anything in the world. Like, someone just existing isn't political. Like, it's weird. Like, now, you might follow some people that have turned those into political talking points. But that doesn't make the existence and the content in particular political. And and this is fitting, right? With all the election results and everything, we're probably still waiting on with this by the time this goes live. 
because we know there's already going to be a runoff in Georgia, which can't happen, I think, until December. So that's a thing. But it's frustrating to see that because I don't know how we make progress on like we are making some progress, you know, and I talked about it last week, just seeing the things we saw at Magic 30 or whatever says things are moving in the right direction. But there's a limit to how much we can get through or how much we can create or how many people we can reach because there's idiots like that out there. And maybe I'm rude calling them an idiot, but there's people out there like that, that just somebody being presented or brought up or shown as an expert or whatever that happened to be different than them makes somebody's content automatically political. Yeah, if some if if that's somebody's reaction, like, hey, if you got black people on your couch and it's political, I'm perfectly okay with calling them an idiot. Every that, t- twice a day, <laughs> three times on Sunday, they're an idiot. I probably should and not care, but it's terrible that that's a thing. It just to see those comments, and I, and I've gotten some of them, you know, been part of some of those, or even had people reach out to me and be like. Oh, well, obviously you had to get involved and make so-and-so's content XYZ now or whatever. And it's like, dude, we we talked about gaming. <laughs> like, it's one thing if I get on, like, well, yeah, you know, this company treats black people this way or blah, blah, whatever. And you want to look at that as being a political thing. Okay, sure. But when we're just talking strictly about games or magic or whatever, it's like, what? Like, what do you like? And those people I just ignore because at some point I like I can't. There's no point in even arguing with them because they already see things the way they're going to see it. Like, I can't go like, really? Could you point to me the political statement I made? Because I already know what's going to come back. <laughs> right? Like, It's not going to be anything that got said. They're just going to throw some random statement out there. They're going to talk about how, well, before you showed up, they only had X, Y, Z, not realizing how racist they're being. So it's like, yeah, you just got to let it go. We get it. He's black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, that's it. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to give you some time. You know, even by the already uh, kind of ridiculous standards of gun violence we have in in the great state of Texas, this past weekend or past couple of days has been bizarre. We had, as a matter of fact, there were so many road rage shootings to where my wife asked me if I'd heard the latest about one road rage shooting. And I thought I had, cause as y'all know, I watch a whole bunch of news and it turns out like, no, no, there was another shooting. Was another, oh, wait, there was a, we thought we were talking about the same road rage shooting in the same city. We were not. <laughs> there were two over the span of like maybe a day and a half. And that's, then uh, that's a mess, man. Yeah. In addition to all that, apparently uh, Dallas County's deputy medical examiner got killed in a murder-suicide. And you talk about somebody, a, a place where I, I get to, you know, it's a, I, blatantly obvious you're not safe anywhere in America. You'd feel like the medical examiner's office, which I'm sure is almost constantly filled with police and law enforcement adjacent personnel. If the deputy medical examiner isn't safe, I can't imagine who is. Yeah. I mean, take this a step further, right? When we've talked about how we've actually not gone to some events because you know where they're held or the history of the the city or the county or whatever. 
imagine now even consider, even if you think they've rehabbed their image, right? Imagine trying to go now and you know that you could possibly, like, let's say I want to go to Jasper, Texas or something, right? Or any of these other places where, you know, we've, we've drugged people behind trucks, right? What if I go and, hell, I don't know, I get lucky in top deck and beat somebody in a win and in. And they're just having a moment. Catch me on my way to my car. Or who knows? Maybe they just come inside to shoot up the damn tournament. I don't know. Right? Like it's happened in a Madden tournament. Yeah, before. that's what I'm saying. So, like it's it's not that unreal. You're just so sadly, as as wild as that may sound, the quad is not saying anything out of the realm of possibility. That's what I'm saying. Like, these are the things you think about it. Like, we already have, and we've talked about it before, just the level of racist stuff that causes problems, you know, the sundown towns, all that. But now add this layer on top of it. Like, why do you want to go to any of these places that are, if it's questionable, I'm out. Like, just being honest right now. Like, if I if I go back and visit people in Texas, I, I if it's even remotely questionable, I don't even want to go. And you know, back in the day, like when when especially when a young black person got shot, people, older people, white and black, are like, oh well, you shouldn't have been out there. Shouldn't have been in the streets to the point out where shouldn't go to church, <laughs> shouldn't yeah. go to the medical examiner's office. That's where we are. You're not safe in a church anymore. Yeah, it's rough, man. It's rough, and it it adds a layer to events, even in Texas, right? And because we already see that people are bad about checking bags and this, that, and the other. Though I will say, Magic Thirty and Pax both. They were very good and quick about checking bags and doing stuff and no issues. So hopefully that's implemented elsewhere. That's good. But knowing how people's opinions are about things in Texas, which, by the way, I always found it amusing living down there that they're like, no, all these events, that's fine. We're not going to have metal detectors, whatever. But if you try to go to like a courthouse, (laughs) first thing they do is make sure you are wanded down to make sure you ain't got nothing on you coming in. So that says a lot. But yeah, it's it's tough, right? I don't I'm not saying you shouldn't go to any events in Texas, obviously. Like, you know, I'm not gonna fear monger anything, but it is something that's gonna be in the back of your mind. And let me clarify, not just Texas. I mean, we were, oh, yeah, we're having shootings everywhere. Yeah. No I, state is, is really immune to these things. I feel very lucky living where I do because it's been minimal by comparison. Like it, and it's tough because we see a lot of people talk about, oh, well, this city has high crime and this is where, but like if you look per capita, a lot of the places where they've loosened the gun laws are the ones leading the pack right now. And it's like it doesn't make you feel any better about going and doing something there. So I and I, I don't know what to say to people like, you know, just if anything we learned over the last 48 hours, go out and vote, you know. Try to try to find somebody who gives a damn and wants to help. That's that's all you can do at this point. Literally, as we were speaking about this Daquan, I, I got a message regarding school safety <laughs> in our in our city. I mean, that, that's it's just we can't even get through. You know, what is this? What, what mark are we at now? We can't even get through fifteen minutes of a podcast without some kind of safety warning popping up. It's terrible, dude. It's terrible. 
And that's the stuff I think about, right? Because I do work with a lot of people, companies, creators, store owners that are talking about setting up at events or venues. And that comes up a lot when I talk about, well, should I take any precautions? Should I do this? Is this too much? Am I being paranoid? And I tell people now, I'm like, I don't think you are being paranoid. Like, yeah, at this point, almost any <laughs> precaution you ought to take seems like it's yeah. warranted. And yeah, tr- truthfully, still, I-, I would assume 90%, hell, probably 95% plus of the time, nothing's going to happen. But the time it does, it yeah, could be devastating. 5% of the time, people die. Yeah, it could be devastating. So I, I get it why people are being a bit paranoid. But, I mean, you you got to. Like, I don't blame them. Because I ain't going to lie. There were some times like while I'm walking around. Like, and I'll be honest, for Vegas being what it is, it's pretty safe. Right? I'm walking around not really worrying about it. There's a couple of times you hear a loud noise or you hear somebody scream, but you, you kind of do a quick double check. You know what I mean? like, there was a shooting at a country music concert in Vegas. So that's always yeah. going to be in the back of your mind. Like you do a quick double. Now, admittedly, it's just people being drunk outside and partying in Vegas. But like, yeah. you don't know until you know. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so there's a couple Once of those happened. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough. I wish there was a better answer to that. It is sad, sad to hear that news, though. Seriously. But all right. Let's share some other facts with people because it's that time of the week. And we actually have some pretty, at least somewhat lighthearted and interesting news here. Yep. Uh, b- believe it or not, folks, it, I, not, now I feel like I should have <laughs> switched these things around. But it's, you know, talking about a video game anniversary. It is, uh, it's been 30 years, believe it or not, fellow old people, since Grand Theft Auto Vice City dropped. And I'm, I'm not going to be one of the people that says, like, oh, well, you know why the violence happened? It's because of the video game. No. I, I oh, wish it was that, that simple. Because I think uh, after after one of the shootings, Walmart made a big deal about pulling Grand Theft Auto out of stores. But they still sell guns. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's where we are. While you may think people have been killed because of Grand Theft Auto, to my knowledge, nobody has yet been killed by physically buy a copy of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. You know what? I think it's a good trivia thing on Grand Theft Auto. Not Vice City, obviously, but the original Grand Theft Auto. I don't think people realize it was actually released on Windows before it was released on PlayStation by like a month or a month and a half or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that tells you how long ago it was, though. It was on like like MS-DOS, I think. Yeah, because the first one was, you know, top down. So it really didn't require, especially by comparison to what we have today, the uh, just all the, the graphical power and all the things that all the things yeah. that, that modern games have now. And also one of the reasons, you know, these these anniversaries hit like this is because for for you young folks that don't know, back in the day, GTA games used to come out on an almost annual basis. <laughs> Well, it was yeah, like Madden. Every year, year and a half for a while, they were dropping a new Grand Theft Auto game. Well, think about the fact that the original came out in uh, 97 or 98. And if you're saying, you know, Vice City is 30 years old. Well, if you do the math, that means the original couldn't be that much older. Right. So it tells you they were coming out pretty frequently up until then. And then it kind of slowed down a bit after that. Yeah, because well, one of the things that happened is, you know, they they learned how to monetize the online component. So there is no hurry. Or excuse me, now look at 20 years old. I know. I think I knew what you meant. I was just, yeah, yeah 20. I'm so old, I'm <laughs> forgetting when things came out. Played no, that in, in 2002. There we go. 
Yeah, but you know, they've changed because now you've got like you're saying a whole monetized component to it so you can slow down. And we're seeing that with other games too. That where you used to have your studio saying, "Okay, we got to pump these out every 2 or 3 years." Now it's like, "Oh, okay, well we can slow down a little bit because we're getting to still profitable." <laughs> yeah, well now you get to make more money off that same effort you made, right? Now instead of having that cycle be a 3-year cycle, now you can extend it to a fourth year or a fifth year, and that can still be generating money while you work on the next big thing. Right. So it's actually pretty cool, honestly. And it seems like people are still into it. Oh, right? That's what surprised me. When you think about it, when you were a kid, you know, how much you love to play stuff like Cops and Robbers. Now this is the, you know, online component of that. And we were talking about, you know, before the show that now people are even doing grand theft auto role plays or it's even about playing the game it's about being picking some random character in the game and actually role playing their life oh dude it is it is for real like to some extent second life if you don't know what that is go look that up that is a whole different ball of wax we could dive into but it's like second life but in gta like people assume a role and then they go online and they like and when I say assume a role, I mean, literally everything. Like there's some people playing just like the cop at the police station and the person at the burger joint and the the mechanic at the auto shop or whatever. And then, of course, there's still like the people drive around doing missions, being part of gangs and all that. But like it's wild to think about, like, how long, you know, into its fifth or sixth year, actually, I guess almost seventh year, maybe the game's been around that people are still doing all these other activities and have extended the brand this long. And it's dude. And there's Twitch streams, multiple people streaming GTA role play. There's YouTube channel. Like there's a whole community around it. It's, it's amazing. It, yeah. It's just, that's part of what extends life of a game where, you know, we think some kind of announcement is coming soon, but I've seen that teased on various websites every day for what seems like three or four years at this point well didn't, Nobody, they, have, didn't they have a leak like uh like a two months ago or something i think there was a leak they just basically confirmed some of the things that had kind of already like that i think uh first uh female protagonist i think is is confirmed yeah. now um i believe it's gonna be i want to say it's gonna be in uh vice city again i think which makes sense because, you know, it's around the 20 years since they've been to Vice City, roughly. Because we're assuming it's coming out, or at least being announced relatively soon. Okay. Especially so much stuff is leaked. Well, it's probably <laughs> fun if you're, if you're into the game. That's at least some positive news. So, one of the things, and people may not know this, but one of the most popular drinks that gets bought with Magic Cards happens to be Mountain Dew. Not a huge surprise, though, because, you know, Tabletop gaming nerds, we like our Mountain Dew, which that in and of itself isn't really news. But I saw earlier today, which I'm going to go hunt some down so I can put it on my review channel of me trying this stuff, which, by the way, I have a review channel. It's just Power Dragon Reviews over on YouTube. But Mountain Dew, actually, first off, if you didn't know, last year there was a ginger snap flavor. So let's just put that out there. Dana, I, I would probably try that. Yeah, so they made a ginger snap Mountain Dew, which had more people like it than hate it it wasn't still like universally loved but there it, from what i could find it seemed i would say it was at least like 60 40 70 30 yeah, something in that range right i like mountain dew i, I like you know stuff yeah. that has kind of a cinnamon flavor to it so but then they went the extra mile this year and put out a fruitcake flavor 
Yeah, that seems like that should die in the fire. <laughs> and I don't know because here's the thing: like, if you get a nice fruit cake that's well made and has you know fresh fruit in it, like it's it's okay. Like I I could enjoy some fruit cake. Now I did discover years and years ago that there's decorative fruit cake and there's eaten fruit cake. All right, <laughs> so you, you got to know what you're getting yourself into. But I feel like it's all decorative. For some people, it is all decorative. But I don't know if I like. I don't know, man. I'm invite if I'm inviting some people over. We're we're laying the cards out. We're gonna play some commander, and I bust out a round of fruitcake Mountain Dew. Like, I don't think that's gonna go over well. No, that's a good way to lose all your friends right there. <laughs> so of course I'm gonna try it just because I gotta know. But like, why? You know, like, well, why are you gonna put out a beverage that just inspires spit tanks around your car? Because that just feels though you're taking about full. Like, oh God, no, 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 just, just God in heaven, no. Yeah, and it's tough right? because I feel like so many of these brands feel like they have to make something for every holiday or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, we got to have a thing. And I don't know, like, even for Mountain, I don't know. Maybe you could have done like, I don't know. Sounds gross though when I say it, but like peppermint Mountain Dew. Like, I don't know. But like, it feels like there's got to be something better than fruitcake you could have done. I, I think I'd, I'd rather try the peppermint. Well, probably me too. I'll, I'll be saying this, you know, in another couple of days after I try the fruitcake. I'm sure. I, I can see where I can come off tasted like uh, Pepto Bismol. You say like medicine? Right. Yeah. So I don't. It's such a weird thing. I I am still waiting. Some not enough people have really tried it, so I can gauge, you know, what the community feels about it. But. I'll give them credit. At least you're trying some because ain't nobody I, I've never seen a fruitcake flavored drink. So credit to them for getting in there being original. I mean, may, and who knows? Maybe it turns out being all right. Like, I, I got any idea. It's like when, uh, what was it? People were making fun of those nacho fries at Taco Bell for a while. Now everybody's like, man, I'm glad nacho fries are back or whatever yeah. those things are. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. But all right. Let's get into talk about some actual topics, because, man, there's uh, quite a few things to talk about here. So this Brothers War release is going to be a little bit different than we've seen previously. Now, they did try, I think, two sets ago to have early pre-release or earlier pre-release in actual local game stores and then launch everything on Arena. This time, they seem like they're going back to that, and it was, for the most part, well-received. And now they, it sounds like they're going to try this for the next couple of sets. So we have a new, I guess you want to call it, release schedule. So by the time you're listening to the show, creators will be playing Early Access Online on Arena. So they'll be playing uh, Draft, Standard, and I think it's all just Best of One. Oh, they'll be doing Draft, uh, Standard, and then they'll be Sealed, I think, at some point. So you'll be able to see all the new cards in action, people playing with them. But then Friday to Sunday, you'll go out and you get to go to pre-releases at your local store. Some stores are going to run one. Some will run five or six. It just kind of depends on on the stores. And then we basically get a a day of rest on Monday. (laughs) And then Tuesday, it goes live on Arena. And it looks like, from what I can read between the lines, that this is kind of the new schedule that works for everybody. And I don't know. I Does this make sense to you, Brian? How do you feel about it? Like, as far as this being like the new way, I guess that we're going to preview or actually release sets. Uh, I, I I guess that that's okay. I, I'm 
trying to, I don't really think I had kind of internalized what the previous schedule was. Yeah, before we were just playing on Arena. There was usually early access, I believe, on Tuesday. And then they had a day off on Wednesday, and then the set would go live on Thursday on Arena. And then you would have pre-releases that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the flip-flop now is you get to see the cards in action on Thursday, go play with them over the weekend, and then you can play with them online on Tuesday. For me, I think it works. It still benefits retailers. I think that's a good thing. Though, part of me does feel like maybe you shouldn't have arena stuff at all before the pre-release, but I'm not sure when you would fit it in because early access does do a lot and Wizard seems to like that. So that kind of makes sense that that's the only place to put it. And if you are at least engaged with that or some creators or whatever, you do have a little bit of a leg up going to your local store to play pre-releases because now you know how some of the cards work a little better. So that probably even helps the stores to some extent because people get to see the interactions and stuff and you have fewer rules questions. So maybe that's a benefit. Yeah, because I guess if you if you see it and you feel like you just don't like like okay maybe you're not hyped about this you know in advance or if you see it and you just are going to be counting the minutes until the weekend you know that also. Yeah, and you know to some extent even if the set now I don't think this is the case I think Brothers War is actually very good but even if the set was mediocre. I think having enough create creators doing creative things and being fun about it would still make that more of a positive spin going into the weekend, which is probably still beneficial to Wizards anyway, which is likely probably why they're positioning it there. Still good for retailers because, you know, before things go on sale online or any of the other stuff, like you're going to your local store, getting to buy booster boxes or whatever. So I think that's all a positive thing there. And in a way, I guess this is actually even better for the arena team from a, a programmer side, because I was thinking about it like before they were kind of in hyper mode. Like if we were finding bugs or whatnot live while we're working on stuff, you know, during the early access, Which they're behind this. They're behind the scenes trying to like fix stuff and asking questions about how stuff works, and you're sending them images or whatever. Yeah. But they basically have that day. During a live event, which isn't the best time to try to fix stuff. No. <laughs> and then they get all of Wednesday to implement it. And then it goes live on Thursday morning. Right. So they only have realistically like some 30 hour window to really put in work to make sure everything's ready to go on launch. Whereas now, if they discover a lot of stuff on Thursday from bug reports or whatever from creators, now you get the whole weekend and Monday. You know what I mean? Before it goes live on Tuesday. So that does take some stress off of them a little bit, which I'm sure has to be make them happier. And it's kind of hard to argue against that if you're like, well, we're making somebody's job better and it doesn't really affect us all that much to not play with it for like four days. You know what I mean? So that's that's probably good. Now, what does it do for content? Like, it's a little weird because I think what a lot of content creators are going to do is play their stuff on Thursday use that to generate some number of videos that are going to go up on Friday or Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So you're going to be seeing stuff that's based on the early access, but still not be able to get your hands on the cards for like four days. So that part's going to be a little awkward. And I think that's going to take creators a little bit of time to figure out the cadence or what works best to put there for different people. So I think that's a little bit different. 
but outside of that, I, I don't know. It feels overall pretty quality. I don't really have a problem with this. I think it's these. The more I thought about it, it seems to be currently the schedule that works best for the maximum number of people. <laughs> you know, like, and that's all you can really hope for, honestly. I guess the next question is, though, do you plan to do any pre-releasing, whether it's early access or cards at a local store or whatever? Uh, I would like to, but it's Black Panther weekend, so I, pr- I fully expect to be swamped. Yeah, see, I thought the same thing. I'm probably going to... I might at least I might even stop in at least get some cards, you know, whether that's just hang out for a little bit or whatever. I'll probably do some live or, you know, open some up and do a thing on how to build a sealed deck or whatever, maybe over the weekend. But I don't even think I'm going to see Black Panther until maybe Monday, honestly. Possibly even Wednesday next week. I think for me, I I think I'm still in the space of like, I kind of want to go to movie theater, but I don't think I like going when it's still busy yet. I don't. I don't think I'm there. Yeah, I think I'm a. We and Tish were talking about that too. Like, do we want to go? Which I mean, I I pretty much don't have a choice. Got to be writing about it, so I got to go relatively early. But (laughs) she may not want to go fight all those folks right at the beginning. On the other hand, I don't think she's gonna let me see Black Panther without her. So she's probably going. That's a different problem. Yeah. Like for me, I think I'm still at a an afternoon matinee guy. Like. The other thing, too, that's cool up here, and I don't know how many places you have down there, but there's a few spots here where you can reserve your seat in advance so you can see how busy it is even before you go. So oh, like That's a cool thing. Yeah, so in advance, I can, like, reserve a ticket for, you know, whatever seats we want or whatever. So you get in, and you have assigned seats so you just walk to when you go in. And that's cool. And also the theater. And by the way, these tickets are not any more, maybe a dollar more than, like, regular theater tickets. And dude, they have like reclining couches or like say couches. They're like big lazy boys. And like you can just kick your legs up and kick back. So even if you're like in the crappy seats up front, you get to lean all the way back. So it don't make any difference. Honestly, it's actually kind of cool. But that makes it easier, too, because I don't have to be worried about ah, if we show up and it's crowded or whatever, like because the theater's not far from my house. So we can reserve those tickets, say, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes before we walk out the door. And we can just see how busy it's going to be. So that's actually kind of nice. But yeah, I think that plays into it too, right? There is Black Panther this weekend, so I don't know how that's going to affect people. But I will definitely have some amount of content. We'll just see how much I'm able to to hammer out with everything going on. But I'm looking forward to it. The set looks really, really cool. Now, by now, I'm sure we've talked about it, and you've probably seen stuff posted about the Magic 30 $250 boosters that you can buy in a set of four for $1,000. But we've had people getting really stupid around these things. We, I've seen some people that are mad at, well, first we'll say mad at people for even buying them, right? I've seen some creators posting on YouTube and stuff of like, Hey, we're going to open these boosters and whatever. And they're upset that they spent money on them. Or celebrating they didn't get their money back that they spent on it or whatever. Which we don't even know because nobody knows what these things are going to be worth right now or anything. The, the market's still too small. You also don't know how much money they made off of their video. <laughs> yeah, right. There, there's so so many variables into why. Because I've even decided like I might actually buy some. And if I think it's going to generate enough content, then it's worth it. And it's a partly a write-off because I make content around magic. So like, there's different factors that go into that. And being mad that somebody bought it is kind of silly 
I, on some level, I kind of, a very small part of me, I get it. Cause you're just like mad at somebody for supporting the thing that you hate. I, I'm not sure why there's the vitriol to that level, but I get it. But if we take it a step further to people being mad at people for selling it, that's even stranger to me. And I can't really wrap my head around that. And it, and it started to come up because a lot of people at Vegas, Magic 30, even unbeknownst to them when they bought their tickets, if you bought the highest tier tickets, they came with, I believe some had one and some had four, depending on which level you bought, of these Magic 30 boosters. So they didn't even know they were getting them to begin with. Some people were excited. They kept them. Some people opened them. Whatever. Some people decided, hey, even if I don't get retail, I get $180, $200 a shot back for these. Like, I get to recoup a bunch of my trip money. Right? I could I could pay off, like, basically makes, for some people, their hotel and, and plane ticket next to free or whatever. So, like, I get it. Right? They want to just recoup some money. That To be fair to them, they just got $200 bills in their bags that they did not know they were going to even get. So, cool. They're trying to make their money on them. But then people being mad and, you know, people sharing that they're getting angry grams from folks because they're trying to sell them. Like, I, that doesn't even make sense. Like, what? What? I mean, seriously, like, I and I'm being real, Brian. Like, is there any logic that I'm missing as to why people would genuinely be upset about this? I, mean, I guess if you just want the whole project to fail <laughs> is it would be, I guess, why you would be extremely upset if you just don't ever want them to make this again. And then people obviously buy these and make content that that, that that's, I guess, the, the main thing is like if you just wish for the product not to exist, you want this to fail miserably. That's your end game. But see, but that's my thing, though. Like, what about like when somebody's just selling it, though, like Wizards isn't getting a part of that. It's already done. They already gave those away to somebody. So, like, why are we being mad at that person? Like, because like I said, I almost get it. Like, there's a small part of me that I can at least relate and say, like, I get it. You're mad that your favorite creator went out and bought and supported this thing that you hate. And they're using it to make content and make a living or whatever. All right. That. I at least give you a little bit. I don't agree, but I at least see where you're coming from. This is one of those spaces where I, I disagree that it's that big of an issue, but I get it. But when it comes to somebody just selling it, I can't connect on any level. Like, I, I just for real don't understand. Not especially to the point that you're going to be so mad that you're going to send angry and threatening messages to them. Or you're going to, like, threaten to leave their community and all this stuff. And it's like, wh What? <laughs> like how are you mad like and then like what's the other part that they just hold it that they don't sell it and then eventually it's worth way more later anyway and they probably sell it three four years from now and make more money like i just yeah, don't I, mean, a, I think it's a losing proposition for you to be mad at somebody for because they clearly they're selling it's gonna happen while you may not agree with it there is obviously a market for the more expensive product and as I've, as I've been saying, if you want them to continue, because for years you're here like, oh, that Wizards has this grand plan to get rid of Paper Magic. No, that was never the plan. They want to figure out exactly how much they can sell it for and go to that. And I was done with every product, but they're going to be a certain amount of products that go to that top level that allows them to keep making the product. Yeah, like I, it's.
it's weird, man. Like people just being that mad. Like I, I just can't. Like I, I'm literally here trying to think of a product that I just hate that much. <laughs> like I would, but I can't even think of any. Uh, <laughs> Fruitcake Mountain Dew. We had tasted exactly, it, yeah. but this is probably gonna be. <laughs> But even then, I'm not going to be like, oh, how dare you sell a fruitcake Mountain Dew? You know what I mean? Like, I, even that, I'm not like, hell, I was thinking about like Kanye and his Yeezys. But even then, if somebody has a pair that they want to get rid of and somebody wants to pay them a thousand dollars for them, like, all right, cool, go get paid. You don't want to wear them anymore because you're upset at Kanye or whatever. I ain't going to be mad at you for putting them out there and just making your money because somebody still wants to wear them. Oh, didn't you hear somebody speaking to people with ridiculous takes? Saw somebody on Twitter say that black people weren't even wearing Adidas before Kanye came out with Yeezys. Like, uh, run DLC yeah, like they yeah. heard with you. I was <laughs> like, black people that? were the ones wearing Adidas originally. Right. Like, like what? Vision <laughs> is history for real. Dude, the three stripes. Like, it was, and then at one point, it was like black dudes and skaters. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, for real. All the track suits, like, Man, we need to get them some some LL Cool J history so they can understand. Yeah, that's that's just silly. But yeah, I don't know, man. There's there's nothing I like. Even okay, and this is going to be a little bit political, so you know, earmuffs if you hate politics for the next like two minutes. But I'm thinking like even if somebody had something that was from President Forty Five, right, and they they wanted to sell it, I'm still not going to be mad at them for selling it. Yeah. And like, you know, the whole MAGA hats or whatever, like, yeah, of course it's dumb and I don't agree with it or whatever, but like, cool. If you know somebody's going to pay you like $200 for one, go get paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I just found one at the thrift store or something and I knew I could sell online for 200 bucks, hell yeah, I'll go get my 200 bucks from hell. I might enjoy that 200 bucks more. Great. To be honest, <laughs> being real about it. So like 200 bucks not going into his election fund. Yeah, I'm like, why? Like, I can't. There's no connection I can make here that makes that level of anger towards somebody selling this product to just make it like at least to a special to a regular just player consumer or whatever. Like maybe if I saw it in my store and somebody was mad that I was supporting it or whatever. like OK, maybe there's a small bit of a discussion to be had there. But just random folks selling a thing, I can't, man. I, it's, I don't know. People are just taking their their anger too far, and it's being misdirected. You know. Matter of fact, we'll we'll talk about that in the dinner table a little bit too. So by now, there's no way you've been on Twitter and not seen all the stuff going down, right? And we haven't talked about it on the show really. With Elon Musk, the whole story, if you don't know. I don't know how you don't know if you're listening to the show, but hey, we'll give you a quick recap. He apparently was jawjacking with some people on Twitter one day, threatened to make a buy for some big dumb amount of money. He eventually got his bluff called. He went through with it. He submitted a thing saying, see, I could buy this if I want to. Then after him and his people looked at it, they were like, hey, you probably shouldn't pay this much for this. And then the people on Twitter side were like, nah, bro, you already said you're going to pay that much. And we already wrote up the paperwork. So it's that or we're going to sue you for a lot of money anyway. So he was like, well, I'd rather not be sued for a lot of money. So I guess I'm going to go through with it and just buy Twitter for this ridiculous, whatever it was, like $42 billion or whatever the ridiculous number hey, Twitter was. still isn't effectively monetized, right? Uh, they actually lost money last year. Yeah. So 
That was already part of the problem. Dude did no research for making the offer. But anyway, he shows up. He just starts changing things, fired some people to only within 48 hours realize, hey, I actually need some of those people to do the things I want to do with the website. I should probably try to hire some of them back. Also was part of another clash action suit because in the state of California, you can't just come in and lay off a whole bunch of people without at least like, I think it's like a month warning or something. So that was a thing. And then now we're rolling out the whole like, $8 get a verified check mark thing or whatever. So that's been a thing we can talk about a little bit. But that puts you mostly up to speed. There's a bunch of stuff in between there, but whatever. Oh, well, I guess I should include there was some political rhetoric that came up from his post as well that has upset some people. All that being said, we now have this whole thing where a bunch of people and a lot of people say stuff like they're going to leave different servers or communities or whatever. But this is the first time I think I've seen where a lot of people actually did start exploring other options to leave Twitter, both players and creators. And I don't know. Where do you stand on all this, Brian, with everything going down? I mean, I keep hearing everybody talk about leaving. I don't know where they're going because Facebook is also kind of dumpster fiery and just laid off, I think, what, 11,000 people today. Yeah, and so if, you, th- if you're looking for a hero, it's not Mark Zuckerberg. No, I think a lot of his too over at Meta, unfortunately, a lot of their stuff is related to the whole metaverse thing. Just not yeah. like it required a lot of money and a lot of people and a lot of programmers. And and we still aren't even completely sure exactly what it is. You're not even close. So- <laughs> you're not even close. Like I was talking to somebody sidetrack. I was talking about this yesterday, actually, where the best thing you could have done with the metaverse was just announce a day you're going to launch it, whether that's in 2023, 2024, whatever. And then spend that other time going and getting a bunch of businesses and saying like, hey, do you want to have a shop in the metaverse? We're going to give you and your people all the code you need to set up stuff, whatever. It just has to be ready by this date, right? Then you go get some, I don't know, musicians, performers, whatever, and be like, hey, are y'all willing to work with your people to get some performances done in the metaverse? And we're going to make a calendar for these like six months. Are you in, right? Just keep going to all these different people. So when you launch, it's an experience, right? You go in and there's like hundreds of stores and there's people mingling about and like, I don't know, places you can go watch movies and maybe your favorite singers are there, whatever, right? It'd be a whole to-do. But apparently right now, it's so bunk that like even the people working on it don't even hang out in it. So like, of course, they're not making any money. Like, it's just a wasted project at this point. And partly from being secretive and whatever, a bunch of people don't even know how they will interact with it in the future from a business standpoint. So there's no money being made in there. So, Phase yeah. one, we make metaverse. Phase three profit. What's phase two work? Phase one, we make exactly. <laughs> That's phase what I'm saying. Phase three profit. That's kind of what it is right now, though. And I think that's part of what's leading to it. It's crazy how, you know, because we, we tend to assume the people that are billionaires that are good at making that are rich because they made one thing that worked really well can make anything else. And sometimes they think they can, too. Oh, uh, true. See, Josh Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh Whedon's been living off that Buffy rep for a long ass time. Right. But but yeah, like so I think the issue right now is people are exploring other platforms. I've seen people mention uh there's one called MeWe, M E W E, which apparently is uh out there. There's Mastodon, which is another one. And I've heard Mastodon mentioned before uh when the whole Tumblr fallout happened, which by the way, Tumblr posted something the other day that uh, apparently if you were at Tumblr for the boobies, apparently boobies are back in the menu. 
that's the nicest that's the nicest way I could put that. I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be lewd, but you know, facts are facts. I got I gotta put that out that we're talking about social platforms here. But I saw I'm that going over now to verify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I saw that posted late last week that apparently they have come around to the fact of they can have some more adult material. There's some rules around it, but apparently they're nowhere near as strict as they were once all the fallout happened. So that's a thing. So but once you once you as only fans figured out, once you build a reputation on boobies, you you can't go backwards. Apparently. People are like, oh wait, we all booby free now. Yeah. Now, I will say, like Tumblr, despite that, one way or the other, is not an option because of how it works, doesn't really work for a lot of how people like to use Twitter. Right. So it has to be one of these other platforms. Now, I will say Mastodon is at least interesting because it's in some ways like a MMO server is the best way to describe it. Like you you choose a home server. Now, you can move servers, by the way, but you, you choose a home server to be on. And I guess a lot of servers are are inhabited, I guess, by people that are in the similar thing. So I have been invited to one. I haven't gone and used it yet, but like been invited to one that's like for tabletop games. Right. But there's some that are like heavy on sports and some that are heavy on politics and some are heavy on cooking or whatever. So you get more people that will frequent that. However, from what I understand, and I'm I'm going to try to do a deep dive over this next week at some point, but you can put in. I guess, preferences or people you want to follow from other servers or whatever. And it will still draw the feed. They have like a weird name for it, but apparently it draws the feed from other servers of things you might like as well. So you don't like miss everything because it's not on your server. You just kind of have to know a couple of people or things there or out there to get it started. And then it starts doing like the recommended stuff for you or whatever. So interesting option. I will say if it ends up being a thing, I have no idea. Now, do I think a bunch of people are just going to mass exodus leave immediately? I don't think so. Yeah, because we still had where are we all supposedly going. Well, even even all the people that were like mad at, at Facebook during like the last election, doesn't matter what side of the politics you were on. Everybody seemed to be mad at them. But some people quit using it. Some people left. But like a lot of people still stayed because you still have your networks, right? You still have your groups you're part of. Same thing on Twitter, right? A lot of people right. have built up these connections you know, you have all these these chat groups you're in or whatever. So, like, you're not just giving that up for a lot of people. And for some people, it's business. It's tied to that. Exactly. You know, that also makes it hard because these other platforms like MeWe and Mastodon or whatever, like, they don't have the APIs out there that a lot of these other sites do. That So you can't just go and be like, oh, let me link and share to Twitter or let me link and share to Facebook, right? Let me sign in with, with Google or whatever, right? You can't do that from those other platforms. So that's still going to take some time as well. And, and so far, none of the social medias that have been started basically because people hate Twitter and or Facebook have really gone anywhere. Yeah. And that's why these other a few of these others at least make some sense to me because I've heard of them being around for a while. Right. They're not just, hey, this one popped up like a year ago. We should all go there. Right. These are some that have some history to them that I at least see. OK, I could see why people might want to go start some secondary communities over there. Now, the concern I have is there's a lot of underrepresented or minority communities that have started to connect because of Twitter. And that's going to be because, you know, you hear people talk about like magic Twitter, black Twitter, you know, whatever. Like that is a thing. Like there are a lot of people, 
I can tell you, there's people I follow in the black community that I wouldn't have known otherwise if it wasn't for Twitter. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that wouldn't know about me or you or the podcast or whatever if we weren't on Twitter. So that's the real concern, right? If we've now built this network and got people in together and got people paying attention, unless you have a super strong network, almost more of friends that will continue to promote you on whatever new place than your own followers, you could be losing a big chunk of business or reach or whatever by going to one of these new platforms. And I think that's the real concern for the smaller creators or the minority creators for sure. And and I don't know if there's a good solution for that. And, you know, people might say, like, are the problems that bad? Right now, no. But there is a lot of signs to point that they could be going that way. As evidenced by today, for the first time, we saw people with the magical new blue check marks for verification, supposedly, which it's $8 verified. I don't know who, apparently they're not verifying anything because I saw somebody effectively impersonating a hockey player that started a big mess, even though it seemed like it was trying to be parody, but you know, like whatever. That was a thing. You know, there's been people who were previously verified that had their celebrity check mark or whatever it was. And apparently now some people don't have that. So it's going to be hard to tell who's who. So it's it's definitely going to make the usage of it a bit more questionable. Then I think there was supposed to be a gray check mark. And apparently I think that project has already been abandoned, sounds like. Yeah, because the creators or the the celebrities that were previously verified, I believe, were supposed to have the gray check mark, and the people that had paid the eight dollars a month or whatever it is were supposed to get the blue check mark. And the only thing I can think of, well, one, he realized, hey, we need a way to make more money because we need cash. Some people are going to pay the eight bucks just to have a blue check mark, right? Because for some people, still having a verified check mark is still a big thing on the platforms, and they're, they're going to pay for that no matter what, right? Because they think it's a status symbol. Not realizing that because you can pay the eight bucks, everybody who knows anything knows it's no longer a status symbol. So, whatever, <laughs> right? Like the fact that you can even do that tells you it's no longer a status symbol, but they still want to do it anyway. So, that's going to be a whole thing all its own. I don't know where it's going from here. And I think that's the concern. And supposedly from two different things I read, so, and I haven't further verified this, but there have been fewer ads on Twitter recently, partially because some advertisers have pulled out since the purchase and seeing some statements and how some things were going. So what does that say about the platform? How long can they keep it alive? Who knows? All I know is because of how much he paid, apparently there is like a billion dollar ticket that has to be paid every year to pay that off for the next, I don't know how many years. So it has to generate a lot of money. Yeah. Now, this is what happens when you buy stuff because somebody double dog dared you, even if you're a billionaire. Yeah, he paid way more than it's worth. Like we've seen the stocks already tanking. Tesla stocks are tanking. The only way to probably get around this is you're going to see like Twitter get bought probably by one of his other companies and, you know, some amount of money is going to go into bad debt and blah, blah. There's there's going to be a lot of fancy business math that has to happen on the back end. So would not be surprised to see that news over the next, who knows, probably five or six months. Followed by the Elon Musk presidential bid. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. <laughs> well, he might he might do it just as like, hey, tax write off. 
Well, that's fair. I tried to buy the presidency and it didn't work out. Maybe. I don't know. Hell, well, I don't want to get too political. We've already hit politics a little bit on the show. I don't but realistically, I think for now, it's fine. I think we're going to be in a holding pattern. But I don't think it would be a bad idea to explore some other platforms. Go ahead and reserve your usernames or whatever, like just in case. I don't think it's going to come tomorrow. I don't think it's going to come six months from now. It might be a year, might be a year and a half, might be two years. But if things don't change, we could be slowly seeing the falling out of Twitter. It's just a matter of how long it takes, right? Because despite what we feel about Facebook or whatnot, you know, even with them having money issues or laying people off, like Facebook is a much bigger network, right? They have a bunch more advertisers. Meta owns a bunch more stuff. Hell, they also have Instagram and WhatsApp that make money for them, right? They have a bunch of different things, whereas Twitter kind of just has Twitter. And if Twitter isn't getting the people and they're not getting the advertisers, well, you're not generating money and you don't have any people for the advertisers to want to come to pay for because you're losing bodies. So that that's going to be a real issue. And I don't know how they solve it, but, you know, he's got a lot of money. Hopefully he hires the right people and figures it out. But it's it's a thought. But anyway, why don't we start wrapping things up and talk more about the thing we kind of alluded to earlier and the misplaced aggression thing. Because I'm sure, Brian, you've encountered this, right? Where you'll see somebody around and magically they're not making content for a few months. And then you see people saying, oh, whatever happened to so-and-so, whatever. And you're aware that they're one of the people who was in all their comment sections or in their disc, whatever, being a knucklehead. And I don't think these people realize that, like, you're oftentimes one of the people that pushes those people away. It would. They they didn't like, you know, uh, insults and, and constant criticism. Who God, who knew? Yeah. And, you know, like, I think one of the things people have to understand is we're not trying to say that creators of any kind are beyond reproach. Right. Like, I'm not saying that I shouldn't be criticized for things or whatever, but there's a way to do it. And if you're constantly showing up, whether that's on somebody's stream or their their YouTube comments or their Twitter or whatever, and you're just encouraging more negativity toward this person, or you're always trying to tell them how to redo something, or you don't like their perspective on a thing, or blah, and you know, we can ban the people or whatever, and you know, that's the thing we do. And we've talked about it on the channel. But at some point, some of these creators say, you know what? I was doing this because I love this topic. I was doing this thing because I wanted to educate people. I was doing this thing because I thought it would make the world better or whatever. And at some point they look and say, you know what? I made enough money doing this. I've made enough friends, connections. I have companies I can work with. I'm just going to do start doing something else and I can just be off the radar and I can just enjoy things again. And I don't have to have the hassle of getting a video out on time or submitting invoices to, to vendors or whatever. And I can just go do something else. And a lot of them do. And I really don't think people realize, even if it's your first comment towards somebody, that could be the one. You know what I mean? Like today might be the day and you just, yours was the one they went, you know what? That's it. I'm finished. Like why contribute to that for someone? And if I do like somebody's content or I like just the person, maybe I don't like that video. 
why would I want to go and post something super negative toward them? Right? Even if you said like, man, I really like your stuff, but this video just didn't really hit for me the same way or whatever. Or like this video, this topic kind of made me uncomfortable and I really didn't enjoy the video or whatever. It's like, that's the thing as a creator, you look at and go like, ah, that's unfortunate. Like this is somebody I've seen posting my stuff all the time. They genuinely like my stuff. Like that sucks. As opposed to how dare you do blah, blah, blah. Right. Or how stupid are you to put this up on your channel or whatever it is. Right. Like there's a way to approach it that you say like, hey, I still like you or I like your stuff, but I don't like this topic. because. Creators put up with a lot of negativity. Hell, we've talked about it before, Brian. We're like, you've had, hell, you've had your own moderators give you hell. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we deal with a lot of stuff from a lot of people. You know, whether it's from, you know, our own insecurities, you know, getting rejected by sponsors or brands or whatever. Like that's part of the job. You know, negative comments on all the social stuff. Maybe some of your efforts that you put a lot of time into just don't generate any activity. There's already negativity coming from so many different angles. And then you're just piling on it. And then you're stunned when your favorite creator just goes away. Hell, we've seen that in the magic community. There's a bunch of folks I've looked around and been like, huh, I haven't seen a video from this person in a while. And I've had some just say, like when I've reached out to them, there's like, man, it just wasn't worth the hassle to me anymore. Like, they were fine doing the slow growth thing or whatever, but it's like, well, if I'm just taking all this negativity and hate and I'm not making that much money at it, forget it. And I don't fault them for it, right? Like, I'm making a little bit of scratch now, so, like, I'll put up with a little bit more than I would have back then. You know, if you want to go and take a shot at Mr. Beast or at Markiplier or Mark Rober or whatever, like, yeah, they're not going to care. They're literally making millions, <laughs> right they'll look at you and go like ah that sucks and then they'll just ban you and get out of here right like they have enough positive in their life but when you're coming after these people that are small to mid-size that are just struggling doing everything they can to make it and then you're just piling on to them there's a real chance you're doing something that's going to push that creator away so if you like people all i'm saying is measure your words a little bit be aware of like that's still a person on the other side like to you, maybe it's a faceless person that's just, I don't know, dancing for cash or whatever in front of you, every, every, you know, multiple times a week with content. But like, I dance so much and you know, I just don't feel that it's appreciated. Dude, I feel you. Some days, some days I don't, you know, but like, that's still a real person. They have families, they have emotions. Like, treat them with courtesy because you might lose them. And that sucks for you and for your communities. All right, Brian, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on socials? Right. I am Brian Sonic on uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After, and you can read my stuff, including the Grand Theft Auto anniversary over at TiltMagazine.com. Yeah, go support Brian. Go over to Tilt Magazine and click on his thing, so that way they're like, oh, this new writer is getting us a bunch of extra views. <laughs> like, Let's get our boy paid. But you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N on most social platforms. And I have a lot of stuff coming out for Brothers War over the next week or so. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Remember to take care of yourselves and your family and to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. 
We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash color of magic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 